Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. How are you doing today, Mr. Alex? Uh, not too great. These, uh, oh, these no. jerks who decide to go and install the, um, like this, uh, what you call it, the, the drying machine, the dryer, they came over and they were supposed to fix this job because they messed up the first place. Oh, like, yeah. And I was looking back now, I noticed that like my, my fence was broken. I think they did it because they tried to put like a semi truck into my house. What? Yeah, so there's like half my fence is like down. <laughs> what? Do they, like, is your fence like by your driveway or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like preventing you from falling, you know, into to your death, basically. <laughs> what house did you move? What neighborhood did you move to where there's like oh, these I'm, like, on a pits? Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, so they come over here. They, they don't even, like, do anything. They're like, oh, yeah, we can't fix it. I was like, well, and I yelled at them, and at least they took off the nut that I needed to go and have taken off. So that was the one decent thing they did. Uh-huh. So now I was able to go and fix the, put the power cords in myself. And then um, there was an issue with, like, they didn't even do the HVAC stuff. And I was like, yeah, well, you're supposed to do this. Like, oh, we can't because the other one's the same size as the one that we have. I was like. That should be easy. You should have like a coupling over there. So now I had to go out of my way to go like Home Depot and buy a coupling and some duct tape wow. and do the job they were supposed to do. But yeah. What company no, they, was they this? Complete jerks. What company was this? Hmm? What'd you say? I said, uh, what company was this? This was Best Buy. Oh, wow. I, I haven't heard any horror stories, but that's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, like, I don't know, I just don't trust Best Buy. Because they, like, tried to, well, the Geek Squad tried to go and fix my grandparents' computer, and they charged them, like, $200, and they didn't really fix it much. Right. Because I had to go and fix it myself, and they, like, convinced them to buy this uh, antivirus software. Mm-hmm. That was, like, crappy, and it cost them, like, I think $200. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not so great. I hope they go the way of Sears. They... I don't know if they will because they still have like electronics and all that stuff. But you know what? With Amazon and all these other online retailers, they could. But I don't know. They might become online only maybe one day. Well, like I don't know why they sell appliances because these people don't know the first thing about appliances. Like I should have went with Home Depot for the dryer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I was talking to the guys like, yeah, you know, like they did this stuff over here. But I'm not going to go and pay to have someone else to do it. I already... All I have to go do is set up the HVAC stuff, and it's already pretty much done. I just have to connect the thing to the dryer and then, then the thing with the other thing, so it's pretty easy, like mm. the, the duct work. Wow. Moving's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's got its perks and its disadvantages. Like, the moving is not fun, being in a, being in a house is, being a homeowner is. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there someday. <laughs> you always live in a condo. Well, that's the thing is like if I like considering where I might have to go work, I might have to work in this. I'm probably going to be working in a city. So I'd either have to live outside of one or live in one. And ideally, I want to live outside the city. But when you're young and don't have a lot of money, you can't do that right away. You know, you got to work your way up to get a house. It's easier to live outside the city. It's cheaper. Well, yeah. But um, like let's say if I had to work in like New York City. I mean, oh yeah, New York. Yeah, I I wouldn't work in New York. Exactly. I'd be like, yeah, no. I <laughs> of course one of the internships I filed was for New York City, and I went for DC. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm not. That's the one thing I will not look forward to with uh, an advertising job is that you're gonna have to work for an ad agency probably. Or I mean, a lot of the co- like ad agencies aren't as big of a thing anymore. Like in the Mad Men days of the '60s, where you know they'd be massive, you know, buildings and every big client would go to them. Now it's like they all do it in house, which I understand. That's how the market works. So either way, I'm probably gonna be working near in the city. Well, most people end up working like near a city, at least. Like, yeah, you know, you could always come. You guys come to like, uh, you know, one of the smaller cities. You don't have to necessarily work over there. There's other ones like Baltimore. Oh yeah, like, uh, you know, you could work in Philly probably. Oh god, I, mean, I don't want to get shot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's other cities too, like probably something in Michigan or. I don't know. Actually, that's the place I would love to move to is Michigan. Like, I've been there multiple times to see my grandparents, and they've cleaned it up a bit, and the people are very nice, and the state is... Stay out of Dearborn. (laughs) Yeah, Dearborn. (laughs) Woo! Especially, um, they wouldn't like me very much. We'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, Dearborn is not a pretty place. Detroit's getting a little nicer, but... It's still Detroit, but the other other than that, like the, Michigan's a beautiful state. Like it really is, and the people are so nice. Yeah, I must have an internship with like Ford, and uh, yeah, I would not have looked forward to working in Detroit. Yeah, they have like it's like an ANCAP paradise there because I think their <laughs> fire department's all like. Uh, not taxpayer funded. I think you're right on that. I forget. I I remember my mom said something about that. <laughs> It's really well, that's weird. because the city went bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, the city's just disgrace. But it actually, it actually doesn't yeah. look uh act worse than uh Philly. Philly looks far worse than Detroit. Well, you know, I have to go and like actually visit Philly again. So I think the I've been near Philly. And I went to Philly like once on a school trip. I've never really looked at the city Ooh, itself. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have my uh, license to, uh, you know, carry, so I'll definitely make sure I have that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, we'll go into more personal shenanigans later because I have a little story to tell you. But um, uh, we'll cover some topics uh, for the break and go off topic in between as we always do. But I wanted to start off with the story that broke last night, which is uh, former President uh, George H.W. Bush has passed away. He died yesterday at the age of 94. Um, I have no personal opinions about him, to be honest, because I don't know a lot about his presidency. I think he was definitely better than his uh, son. He He only got one term. He's a loser. (laughs) Well, if Trump tweeted that out, Um, he's only a one-term president. Sad. Uh, He's a globalist shell. He's been to Bohemian Grove. Yeah. I I mean, to be fair, I think every Republican president in like the 20th century and except for Trump, to my knowledge, has been to Bohemian Grove. Yeah, there's that famous picture where it's Nixon, Reagan, Henry Kissinger, and a bunch of other big Republicans uh, at Bohemian, and Jimmy Carter, big Democrat, uh, at Bohemian Grove all together at one table. Uh, George George H. W. Bush did go to Bohemian Grove. His son did too. Yeah, the only Republican in modern times that hasn't has been Trump. I don't know if Obama, in terms of Democrats, has been there, but he may have. I don't know. Well, I know uh, Bill Clinton did not go there, to my knowledge. Really? Yeah, and that was um, I think that was one of the first ones because even the Democrats, a lot of them show up there. 
Oh, absolutely. It's not, a, it's not a Republican or Democrat thing. It's a globalist, elitist establishment gathering of the... It's like the Bilderberg group, pretty much, but weirder. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but my dad, actually, um, he, uh, when he was younger, designed uh, co- uh, T-shirts for, and uh, mugs and logos for the young Republicans. And his uh, T-shirt you know, came somewhat semi like famous within the GOP and he got a chance to meet Ronald Reagan and George HW Bush in the Oval Office um and took a picture with them uh holding his shirt so that's kind of cool but uh, my dad said that HW seemed like a nice guy I know everybody kind of called him a wimp you know that was kind of like the thing Democrats always called him but he said he didn't seem wimpy to him but you know you never know yeah he seemed like a cuck <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I mean I wasn't alive for his presidencies, like so I can't really say much. But he was the uh, part of the problem. Like there's been no real Republican president until Trump yeah. since Reagan. I I agree, and, and Trump is very unrepublican in many ways, and that's why I love him. Like for instance, with uh, doing tariffs for trying to bring back jobs for no more wars for um you know just economic populism in general like it's totally against what the republicans have been you know for ages but that's all i have to say he's he's definitely um he's not your average republican yeah but yeah i don't know hw i i just don't really care too much for him he was what led to bill clinton so (laughs) pretty bad guy in my view and and he was starting problems with Trump. Yeah, I didn't like that. I absolutely did not like that. Like the whole Bush family is a political dynasty. I'm against dynasties. Yeah. Maybe Dynasty Warrior. That's that's all right. But everything <laughs> else, not a big fan. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the Bushes. I don't like the Clintons. I don't. I mean, those are like the two big dynasties, really. I mean, other than maybe kind of Kennedys. But yeah. Well, the, but yeah, they still are. They're probably the biggest one. Yeah. Oh, them it's so annoying because it's like just because you have a candy last name, like you automatically get these like special, you know, high up positions. I'm like, that's not fair or smart in any way. Yeah, and you get to, you know, murder people and, uh, you know, mistresses and uh, <laughs> not get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll move on to our second topic, uh, which is the good old caravan. Uh, that this kind of happened like right around over the breaks. So I wanted to bring it up because everybody's talking about it and CNN is still like, you know, freaking out over it. Um, so and I, and I'm going to get the facts straight here because people have been lying about this. There's been a lot of fake news. So I'm going to set this straight, set it properly. So everybody knows what really happened. No spin, no nothing. This is just exactly what happened to the facts. We don't know exactly what happened unless he's, unless you've been there. <laughs> of course. But I'm taking the word actually from a Border Patrol um, supervisor that uh, supervised that area. He did this interview on CNN and he just like, you know, BTFO'd them with all just destroying their narrative uh, just by literally just saying what he saw and what he did. Like, it's pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, what basically happened was that there was this migrant caravan of a bunch of... Um, I'm just going to say illegal immigrants because that's the only proper term I can really align to them. Migrants? Yeah, you could say migrants too. Um, And they were coming up and uh, they got to our border, a whole group of them. So 
the Border Patrol geared up in riot gear with their shields and held some of them back, but they were overwhelmed because there were so many of them and they didn't have enough men, enough, you know, physical barriers like a wall, hint, hint, or anything to stop them. So they had to deploy tear gas. And of course, the notification that I got from CNN was Trump administration deploys tear gas on women and children. Oh my God, this must be the worst thing in the world, right? Uh, let's... Yeah, they do that at Penn State. They deploy tear gas when people get too rowdy and they bring the horses out. Exactly. Tear gas, for anybody who doesn't know, is literally the most common and least harmful crowd dispersing method there is. And that's why they use it. And it worked here. Now, what does the caravan do? Um, that ha where all these women and children are getting supposedly tear gas. According to Border Patrol supervisors on CNN and many other sources, what the caravan does is that it's mostly men, young men, a group of mostly young men, that put women and children at the front of the caravan. So they act almost like a human shield. They kind of make them look, you know, not as har you know, harmful. It makes them look way, you know, more harmless. And... That's a tactic they use. This isn't, you know, controversial. This isn't conspiracy or Infowars, uh, anything. It's literally what they do, and Border Patrol says that. Now, so they're doing this and uh, deploying all this tear gas, but there's this outrage now. Oh, my God, Trump's a monster. Uh, well, let's wind, wind the clocks back uh, eight years. The Obama administration did the exact same thing at the exact same spot every month during his administration and that's a fact i think it was i count up to like 80 times the uh you know the border patrol used tear gas on the border in this spot it's unbelievable but nobody talked about it then it wasn't a problem then until orange man bad does it and then it's a problem and I, you know, I have my criticisms of Trump, not many, because I like him a lot. I have my criticism of Obama because I didn't like him, but there's still a double standard here by the media, and i got to call him out for that, and that's what we try to do here. And it's not fair to Trump or anyone to do this. But it gets better, because this is the funny part, was that MSNBC had a reporter on the ground, I know, shockingly, they do on-the-ground reporting still, uh, who was literally uh, reporting on the caravan. He goes, oh, these are mostly young men. None of them are asylum seekers. And they're all like, like shocked. Like you just see their mouths like open. The MSNBC like host like, what? What's he saying? They're all trying to like correct him. They're like, but there are women and children there, right? And he goes, nah, they're mostly young men. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's got to lose his job. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's true that none of them are asylum seekers. Because as the Border Patrol agent says, if they were asylum seekers, they would go up to Border Patrol, arms up, and say, hey, I'm seeking asylum. And then they go, okay. And they bring them to an immigration facility and put them in the back of line. But they don't want to do that. So they cut their line, try to get in illegally, and storm the border. And then they get tear gas, and then they complain about it. Well, that's what happens when you do this. But according to Jim Acosta, this is not an invasion. <laughs> not an invasion, even though they were literally storming the border. Uh, Trump has proven right again, and you know now more than ever do we need a wall. Um, I I I don't know what's wrong with Republicans. It's it, they couldn't build a wall in two years. They, now we have Democrats control the House, so a wall is definitely not going to get built. I mean, what this is why you know 
people should have come out to vote in midterms, but they didn't. Well, the only positive thing about that is that now Trump's can still run on this in 2020 saying, hey, guys, we really do need to build that wall. Well, see, here's not. Do you see the other thing was kind of revolving around the wall where the woman like got impaled when she tried to climb it up? I saw that. Yeah. What an idiot. Like, <laughs> she has kids. What are you doing? Well, that's like, the thing. You really like don't care about your kids well-being enough that you, you know, because I don't think the father was there. Well, that was what was happening even with the women and uh, children that were in the caravan. Women would give their children off to other people so that it would act as a human shield. Because there are multiple pictures where they show the kids are holding hands. The same kid is holding hands with different people. And, you know... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a lot of pedophilia going on in these uh, migrant caravans. Because you already know there's, like, an 80% chance that if you're You're a woman or a kid, you're going to be raped. Yeah. Just going, like, illegally entering the United States. So there's probably a lot of, like, disgusting individuals who, like, frequent these areas, knowing they can get easy access to kids. Yeah, and it's like, why does the um, media not ever bring this up? They all bring up other crap. And, you know, they act like all these illegal immigrants are all people, oh, they're just seeking a better life. Well, do we really want to bring people into this country that are not showing value for the life of their children? I'm not saying they're all like that, but, like, a substantial portion are. Well, no, of course they do. The the Democrats don't value children. That's why they're very pro-abortion up until the point that the kid's born. Sometimes even after that. Like, I've been hearing stuff, you know, in Europe in the far left corners where they're, like, talking about giving kids the ability to be euthanized if they have, like, a a cancer or something. Oh, wow. Like, I've heard that. I think it was, like, Sweden. They're trying to, uh, like, legalize euthanate, like, allow kids to be, uh, you know, Opt in for euthanasia if they have like cancer, then it's you know high. Like Jesus. they don't value human life. Yeah, and they're already doing this for like regular adults. They allow people to go and like get themselves euthanized. Yeah, you know, so like an extension of the abortion debate. Jesus, yeah, yeah, they're, they're doubling down and going further, saying no, we should kill them even more. I mean, Jesus. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I never really had a stance on abortion until like about a few months ago and i realized that you know first i thought well you know most of the country is pro-abortion so maybe it's all right i don't know and then i looked at it some more and i thought well you know maybe it's okay if the if you know the kid's gonna have some sort of like life-threatening disease or something's gonna be really wrong with them like down syndrome or something but then i realized that's that's the whole root of the problem here is that you're basically you know, saying, I know what's best for this child. Uh, I can determine if it's going to live or not. This child doesn't have a choice. But then the left's going to say, oh, it's just a clump of cells. Well, let's, let's talk about that clump of cells. Okay. Well, no, but it's not even just that. It then it extends, you know, the left and other things. Like, oh, you know, what well, the woman was raped. Yeah. And they always use that. They even always. though that's like less than 1% of abortions are from like rape. Yes. And that's something I learned too. I, I heard Crowder say that, and I was like, what is that? Or no, it was Gavin McGinnis said that. I was like, what? He called them freak exams. I look it up, and it's like, literally is. Rape, incest, and uh, mother's life are all less than 1%. These are freak exceptions to the rule. But the majority of abortions are done, like, after, like, I think the first or second trimester. I forget. I think it's after first. And to me, like, the first 12 weeks, I can see both sides of this issue. But after 12 weeks... This baby 
It's a baby. It has a heart that you can hear beating. To me, that is the equivalent of life right there. If it has a heart that you can hear beating, that is the definition of life. So, I mean, I, I think that's common ground, but no, I can't get people to agree on that. But the country is going more pro-life, which is fascinating, because there's this Gallup poll that's been done for the past, like, 50 years on, you know, do you uh, support or not support abortion? And it used to be very wide, like, like 60, 70% of the country support abortion. Now it's come to, like, 50-50. Like, it's a dead heat. And I think it's going to be one of those things that we're going to look back on and say, I can't believe we did that. Like, wow, that's screwed up. Well, yeah, they used to, yeah, people back then, too, they used to believe in, um, what you call it, like, where, with the... Like castration, yeah. Like castrating people. I I forget the term for that, but the Nazis did it. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I forget the term too. Yeah, I guess people back then. I mean, back then people just didn't value life because you died all the time. Yeah. Like Dark Souls IRL, you know, you get <laughs> caught up, you're dead. I was gonna say it's kind of like Game of Thrones IRL. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, oh, off of his head, off of his head. You know, oh, we. Through a bunch you know, you of stuff, your toe up, you got infection, you're dead, or you lost your leg, and then you know they cut off the leg, and then you're dying anyway. It's like, oh dang it. Yeah, like there's one part in Game of Thrones where like a guy like was in battle and his legs all screwed up, and the nurse is like, "We got to amputate," and he's like, "No, no, no, don't touch it." And I'm like, I would feel the exact same way because they literally take a saw and saw it off, you know, and they have no numbing. Nothing. You feel every bit of pain. I mean, that's well, yeah, gotta be Yeah, but then awful. it'll be infected. So it's like, you know, you kind of have to go and trim the tree to make it live. Yeah, you do. But it's just awful. I would have hated living back then. Oh, God. That was before they invented, like, heroin. Or, like, opiates, <laughs> opiates in yeah. general. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was before they could even numb it up. Because now, of course, they just numb you up and you don't feel a thing. Or they put you out. And they chop it off, but Jesus, it's just so barbaric uh, back then. My God, think about that. You know, like because the fact that we have these numbing agents, like now people get surgery because they want to. Back then, you won't get surgery unless like you physically had to. Yeah. And even then, you probably won't get it. <laughs> now you have people like getting nose jobs and gender changes and all this other stuff that would never be thought of until like the you know like fifties. Absolutely, yeah, and that is what's you know amazing about our society and fascinating, and also then goes into some weird corners, as you allude to there at the same time. Mm. Mm, you eating mm. that? Eating Just that? Munching chip. on some nummies. Oh yeah, I just had burger probably. I had some diabetes in a bun, I should say. So I got the. Oh God, dude! I, I just had um, well, this like ham or not ham. It was um, some pork product, and it was cooked. I had some vegetables. <laughs> it was, it was uh, like it was, it was uh, like ribeye of the pork. Yeah. Not anything, but I just remember buying it at Walmart. And, you uh, know, my girlfriend does a very good job cooking it. Good. Then they she, they she got some fries, like mm. bacon, home homemade fries. Man, this is the. This is the reason I'm going to have to find a girl because when I'm out of college alone, I don't like cooking and I'm, um, for lack of a better word, atypical in the kitchen. <laughs> so well, why don't you just go and like live off campus? I knew you were going to say that. You can learn how to cook there. <laughs> no, I know how to cook. Like it's not hard. Well, yeah, but you, you know, you don't just like gain like skills. It's not like RuneScape where you can just like cook a pie once and then you get like level two. <laughs> You have to actually like 
but it's not even just that too it's like you know buying the food yeah and like figuring out the recipes it's all that like fun stuff and having the equipment to make it i'm gonna have a lot of pasta i could just see it uh or see option two which is you get the whammon to do it yeah you could always do that but you know that's there, there was a song I forget what it went. I forget the name, but it was like some dude. It's like hey, you got the coal mine, I got the shaft. And it was about this dude who got married because he wanted someone to cook for him. They got divorced, and oh. uh, yeah. Wow, it's pretty. It was like an older country song. It was pretty good though. It was a tale of not to marry people just so you can have someone cook for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd, well, see, you know me. I have such high standards. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, like, find someone who can cook, someone who can clean, someone who's not going to cheat on you, someone, you know, who you can talk to about important things, and you'll be set. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was actually related to my story of today, which was, um, uh, I, I always like telling you my stories, because I can't believe, actually, I'm saying this on air. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Usually, I leave personal stuff off air, but... You and uh, Mr. Mikey always tend to bring it up on air <laughs> for whatever reason and get a good laugh out of it, which I enjoy. But um, you'll probably get a laugh out of this one, maybe. I don't know. It's not terribly funny. But uh, I was working on my group project today with my group, and it's me and two girls because my major is literally all girls. Uh, I'm not complaining. See, Benefit. You see, I know what I'm doing here. You know, I'm not crazy with the ad major. <laughs> yeah, it's like the only reason. I want to see this like movie. That some guy went to cheerleader camp just so he could see girls, and it didn't work out too well. I don't think. Well, I think Owen Wilson was it. It seems like a movie that Owen Wilson would be in. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, um, so I was working with my group, and the one girl in the group, um, I, I kind of could. I couldn't tell what she thought about me in class, but she was first to arrive, and all she did was just talk to me about literally everything. She's like, oh my god, I got this. Look, check out my new headphones, Sean. Aren't they cool? And she just kept talking to me and always asking me, always laughing at my jokes, even if they weren't jokes or they were bad. Uh, I think she likes me, but I don't know why, and I'm not interested, <laughs> I guess. Oh. <laughs> so what are your thoughts right, so what happened it kind of cut off for a second oh did you not hear the whole story did I gotta tell it again and torture myself no, just like the last part just the last part oh I said um, I said I don't know why she likes me I know she likes me but I'm not interested you just just go for it what's the worst that could happen I don't know it's just like it doesn't feel natural. We don't gel well. It's you seem like you seem like you did Pearl. Like just go, you know, see what you can see, and then <laughs> you know, report back. You have to go and explore. What? I have to go explore? What is it's this? A your dungeon? College, it's your college experience. You gotta go and at least take one girl out. I know, but I'm bad at this, and I like. Well, I yeah. How do you get better? You have to get, like you have to go and like sharpen the knife. <laughs> this is like sharpening the knife. <laughs> Good, sim be like doll. <laughs> Good symbolism. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I believe in that fully. But, because uh, I'll tell you an interesting story about that. But, um, you know, what did Sam from Atypical say? You have to have a practice girlfriend. <laughs> that, that's kind of true. But the thing is, it's like, I was telling this to Mikey yesterday. I think it's the best way I can put it. 
Like, I would get like, I'll be like, oh, I'll get some conf, like a confidence booster. And I'm like, all right, I'll message this girl. I'll talk to this girl. We'll, I'll do something. And I do it. And after I do it, I instantly regret it. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't want this. I don't like this person. Why am I doing this? You know, it, it's really weird. Well, you're never going to know until you try. You, gotta, you kind of have to go and, like, get it done, you know? <laughs> get her done. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> Wasn't he going? I think he was going on tour with, like, uh, uh, like the cable guy was going on tour with uh, some weird, like, the sticks. Yeah, yeah, he was. Aiden shared that on uh, Facebook. Oh. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I don't care for <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, but anyway, what uh, Scott Adams told a story about, um, he has this concept called systems versus goals. He says the goals are a bad thing because you set yourself up for failure because you're giving your one way to fail. And it really doesn't um, increase your odds and uh What's how does he put it? Um, give you like really like increase your skill set. Uh, so what he proposes is a system where you basically it's a little hard to explain, but when you give examples, it makes sense. Um, and I'll give some examples that are interesting. But basically, you try a bunch of things, build a bunch of um, almost make something a habit uh, to get to increase your odds and slowly start achieving things. So for instance, um, he said that like, um, one guy he knew, uh, would, instead of trying to apply for one job, you know, instead of doing one job to, uh, that you'd stress out about, you would be nervous for the interview. You've never done this before, but this is your one job, the job you really need. Instead of doing that, he would apply to multiple jobs, jobs he didn't even want. And he would show up, do the interview, start getting a feel for the whole thing. And he actually got lucky at one point that one person they interviewed him said, you're way overqualified, you should be in the management position. And they put him in a big position. So the more of that story is that you got to try, you know, basically practice makes perfect. Try a bunch of things um, so that when you really need the skill um, at its finest, you'll be way more prepared and your odds will be higher. This same guy also... Uh, with women would be the biggest Chad and go into every room trying to get every girl. And he would deliberately do stuff that would boost his confidence, make him more popular, um, and see what jokes worked and see what um, uh, pickup lines worked on any girl. If he wanted to date him or not, he would keep doing it. Um, and that's something I've kind of done accidentally in some ways, but in other words, you get experience from things. I think that's a good, um, you know, thing to do. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so just take her on a date. Going on a single date does not in entitle them to anything from you. Right. I, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you, you know, you've done it once before, do it again and again and again. Go on 5,000 dates. Exactly. Then you will be the dating guru. You don't have to go on a second date, just a first date. Exactly. That's the most awkward one. That's the most. That's the one where you get the most uh, experience. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what this guy that Scott's talking about basically do. You know, is you know going crazy amount of dates. I mean, I could try to do that, but like you know me, <laughs> I I gotta get pushed yeah. into it. Yeah, you gotta give it a shot. Yeah, you have to go and start getting that confidence. Because going on dates will make you confidence. It's like people like you. People want you. They want in your pants. They want in your heart. And they want in everything. <laughs> oh my god. 
Yeah. Like, dude, it's, it's great. Like, you know, you go on multiple dates and then it's like a job interview basically. And then you can either accept or decline after that. Yeah. You can be like, okay, I see your resume over here. It's not so great. Uh, you know, so much like a dating app like that. What, with resumes? Pretty much like a, like a sexual marketplace resume. <laughs> like the, uh, like a, like the LinkedIn of, you know, the dating world. Sexed in. Yeah, like pretty much because you just kind of like write a resume on the things, you know, you like. And I mean, that's kind of what they already do, but like, I was going to say, but like, you know, you got more specific details. Like, oh, I like this. Oh, I don't know if I like this. You know, it's now that I've formalized that more, have people, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they actually do, except they do have speed dating. You got to try that. That sounds like something you might What's like. What's speed dating? Actually, I had like this interview process that they called with that they basically said was speed dating, but for interviews. So you, I guess it would be the same sort of concept. So you go and there would be like a bunch of people there and then there'd be a bunch of people on both sides. You go and you talk to someone for like a couple minutes and then uh, you go to the next person, talk to them. And then at the end, I think you like rate them. What? You rate them and they rate you and then oh. like if there's a match. Oh rate. Match. I said I thought you said rate with a P, rape. No, <laughs> no. You, you don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I, I knew that wasn't what it was supposed to be, but it sounded like you said it. I was like, what? <laughs> no, with a T. My, my speech. I have a speech impediment in my ears. <laughs> Uh, no, you go and you give them a numerical rating. Yeah. And they give you a numerical rating. Yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> if it matches, it matches. Oh, okay. And, and then like, that's I'm the sure, day. I'm sure they have something like that up at Penn State. I was going to say, this has got to be like an event or something. Because like, I've never seen those. But like that's the only way it would work is like somebody sets this up. Some like Master Chad sets it up. More like a company that wants money. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's the ultimate Chad. You're making money off of like women and sex and guys and all that. Actually, why don't you, why don't you start it? I don't know what... Why would I do? Because then I'm not going to be in the dates. No, because then they'll respect you for starting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be the manager, <laughs> and they'll have like, yeah, it's, you have a position of power. Yes. I'll be like Littlefinger <laughs> from Game of Thrones. He is a Chad. He's basically this pimp that like gets involved with politics as political influence. Yeah, so it's basically like kind of like Stormy Daniels, but the other way around. Or, or oh shoot, like that guy in Las Vegas who won like a congressional seat even though he was dead. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's pretty funny. Like, how's that happen? He, he just does that. That's a good question. But, uh, they mean that in the reality. It's great. But anyways, did you hear what's going on with Laura Loomer? I saw that she chained herself to the Twitter headquarters and put a, a Jewish star from the Holocaust on her. Yeah, that she like apparently like she painted herself up so she looks like that guy from uh what what's the one where they like chain you to the bed and they like put a key in your like stomach and to rip it out. What? Like, like that movie with the little clown guy on the tricycle. Oh, you're thinking of Saw. Yeah, like that little yeah, like the little doll dude. Like she kind of dressed like that, like painted black with like the blush stuff on. Oh, I was like, yeah, she looks she looks so weird. I literally described her as a goth joker. Yeah, like it's basically like the guy from Saw. Yeah. Like the little doll dude. Yeah. Like, I what thought... was she doing? Is she trying to be like Taylor Swift, like when she did that whole like 
thing where she went emo for a while. Oh yeah, I don't know. I I the only thing I thought that was funny was the Jewish star. Like that was legitimately funny. And then she likes print out a bunch of people's tweets and start like throwing them at people. Oh. Like it's so cringy. Yeah. Like, and it was mostly about her specific like channel or Twitter account being banned. Like she yeah. should have made it about everyone's, but she only said a couple times and yeah. herself was like fifty times because like. She brought the stuff that Louis Farrakhan would say, comparing like Jewish people to termites, and she's like, "Oh, how's this? How's this allowed on YouTube or yeah, not YouTube, but Twitter?" But I'm banned for, you know, speaking out against Shariah, and it was just like really cringe. It's something that Laura Loomer would do, <laughs> so it's, it's not really surprising. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not a big fan for. I was. I'll talk about this live stream later, but Milo was like, he's like Laura Loomer. Uh, he's like, I've known her. And she's just as crazy in person as you'd expect her to be. Uh, but she is fearless. <laughs> you know, he yeah, says with, like a touch of irony. She's like a nuclear bomb. You know, she kind of destroys everything. You know, both the conservatives and the liberals. She reminds me of somebody we know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who name remain unnamed, but uh, we know who we're talking about here. <laughs> And certainly, certainly. Yes, yeah, I was listening to uh, the Kill stream earlier, and then they were kind of like making fun of her. Yeah, I think Mr. Medicare did a video about her like once or twice, like when she was doing some like weird things. Oh, really? Like, yeah, she was doing some just like strange stuff about like the tires and oh, some, that like, tires really thing. Oh, Milo trolled her, trolled her really hard, and I think it upset her a bit. Um, he kind of implied that in his uh, live stream where on his uh, podcast he was interviewing Laura Loomer and he said Laura we're going to play a game uh, it's called um, I forget what he called it but it was basically like slashed or not slashed tire and he showed oh her a God. bunch of a picture of like a tire that was like deformed or something and he would say slashed or not and he, she got like most of them right <laughs> <laughs> dude like do you see like she went to one of the ones i don't know if it was a kill stream or what but she went on to a stream with mr medicare in it oh no he just, oh no he just like kept like making fun of her and she like got really offended yeah i i remember that yeah she's like, just she's like she, she just seems like you know this will be good for her health because like i think she used to do good stuff when she worked with project veritas but then when she did yeah. her own thing it just just like no. Well, I found out that Gavin actually did some stuff for Project Veritas once. Oh. Yeah, Gavin's hilarious. Oh my god. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, there's so many people I didn't realize work for Project Veritas, like Laura Loomer, Gavin McGinnis. I, I just call him Gavin for anybody that's listening. Like I, Uncle Gavin, Gavin. You know, I just love his name. But um, Gavin McGinnis. You know. Yeah. Everyone else. Yeah. Um. But speaking of Laura Loomer, um, there's this trend going around called the Thought Audit. Um, <laughs> I well, at least Laura Loomer pays her taxes, I think. I, I don't think she's got, like, a, a private Snapchat or premium <laughs> Snapchat. Like, I don't even think anyone would really want that. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't understand that meme, because um, it is a bit complex, but when you hear it laid out, it's funny. Oh, is this funny. Uh, this was trending, like, over the break. Uh, it's called hashtag thought audit, or as I call it, audit the thought, um, where basically uh, Snapchat has this thing that people create called premium Snapchat accounts. And a premium Snapchat account is basically a private Snapchat account 
so that nobody sees their story. Uh, nobody uh, messages them unless you're friends with them uh, through some. Well, no, no, no. Like a premium Snapchat, that's a. Uh, it's more of a social device. It's not ingrained. Well, yeah, like it wasn't created by Snapchat. Yeah. They just. Yeah, don't I, I, add you and you can't see their stuff unless you pay them money. Yeah, for it. yeah, I know that's what I was gonna get into. Like, yeah, this isn't something that Snapchat started. Like, this is the the slang term for it. That's why I said the private Snapchat account where nobody has access to it. But what people decided to use it for um, was basically for sending nudes and perform prostitution. Um, and what they would do is they would advertise publicly, "Hey, Venmo me or PayPal me, three hundred dollars a month." And you'll have access to my premium Snapchat. So people start doing that, of course, and they're sending nudes. And this becomes kind of a business, one would say. It becomes a source of income, one would say. And a bunch of incels and other people started to realize um, or just think, maybe these girls aren't paying taxes on this. Maybe this is taxable income and they're not reporting it to the IRS. So, what did they do? They reported it to the IRS, and the IRS, when they want to see if you pay their taxes or not, they do an audit. They look at all your financial records, see if you pay taxes, and then say if you have or haven't. And they did it! They started auditing thoughts, and the thoughts started freaking out on Twitter, saying, oh my god, I'm getting audited. Because some of these, like, this one account that actually kind of broke this story was called, I think, Roosh on Twitter. And he claimed... Oh, that guy. Yeah, I... I think he was banned in Australia for some, like, stuff he did or said in one of his books. He was like an MRA dude. Oh, really? Like one of the best Chad guys out there, apparently. Really? I know nothing about him, but like I remember I saw Sargon's video. Like he mentioned him and said, he's like, I, I normally don't use Roosh as a source. I'm like, oh, is this somebody that's like known? But um, he claims that Wandy's thoughts was making $50,000 a year. Um, I don't know if that's a Ooh, bit high, but money. you never know. Um, and so. Well, it's, it's entirely possible. Like people pay good money for this stuff. Like. Just to be honest, premium Snapchat, it's like 20 bucks a week, and then you can sell them, like, videos. There's, yeah. like, one Snapchat video that's, like, not even a minute long. It's, like, 20 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, it gets pretty expensive. Man, the thoughts charge uh, a, hard, a hard bargain here. Um, but basically, uh, there's a bigger kick to this, and this is the really funny part. There is an incentive to report thoughts because if you are a whistleblower, a tax evasion whistleblower... Uh, you get a third, up to 30% kickback for your heroic actions of reporting thoughts to the IRS and getting them audited. This is probably the funniest thing of 2018. I mean, oh my god. Like, look, the incels are in the right here because they are literally reporting a crime. Tax evasion is a crime. And they are, they have the moral high ground here. I'm sorry. If you're going to be on the side of law and order, you have to be on the side of the incels for this one. And it's funny. I mean, these people... Well, no, you're on the side of the feminists because they say sex work is real work. Yeah, and they call it, And these people who have these premium Snapchats call themselves sex workers. Yeah. So if you're going to be... A, if you work, you have to pay taxes, especially because a lot of these people are on the left. Absolutely. So their own ideology is enforcing them. Maybe we'll get some, like, libertarian, like, you know, thoughts out there. Oh, I love the libertarian meme that's, like, uh, it's the guy with, like, the button, you know, the two buttons and he's sweating. And the one button says taxation is theft, but audit the thoughts, (laughs) you know. 
And it's like, I actually saw... Oh, did you see the one? It was like a picture of like the no tread, don't tread on me, but it has like a, one of them little doggy filter faces on it. Yeah, that's great. Are we converting thoughts to libertarianism? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Like, that's what's going to end up happening. They're going to like red pill <laughs> these people through this. Yeah. That'd that's... be great. Just have them do a complete 180 because they want to keep their money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually was talking to somebody here um, at Turning Point that actually knows somebody that does this. Like, that's like a Do thought. Do they pay taxes? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, you want to make some money? Yeah, yeah you want to get a 30% kickback? Well, this is how. But uh, yeah. Just go look for all them free premium Snapchat accounts. Just go dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, you know... I don't know how, like, the one thing she asked me was, like, how these people are finding these accounts. I think, you know, like, I don't know where they're publicly advertising these. I think on the Snap map you might be able to find them. Uh, well, not just that. People post that stuff on Instagram, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't use Instagram. And I see it's like, oh, I have a premium Snapchat. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, I, I, I saw that, like, on, like, some dating sites. I was really confused what that meant. Now I know. And after this, I've been educated so much on premium Snapchats and the process of tax evasion. Oh, it's funny. Oof. And they're going to want to not pay taxes. Or either sex work is not real work or you're going to have to pay taxes because it is real work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have to make a stance on that. Well, what about nudes, though? Because that's basically pornography, right? Yeah, and it might, it's illegal in some places, like especially you know, with this stuff. Like some states have laws against, you know, producing pornography for profit. I think that's stupid. I mean, I think prostitution should be legal. To be honest. Well, well, the thing is too, like they're completely like there's like and the states that do allow it, there's regulations on it. Oh, of course, these, there's always got to be regulations. Any regulations when they're producing these premium Snapchats? To my knowledge, they they just you know. They don't go to college to become a you know porn star. They don't even have an agent. They just do it themselves. And yeah. there's a reason why like they have agents and stuff. Like if you actually go to like real porn stars, is because there's a whole like legal framework of stuff you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Stormy would know a thing or two about that. Um, it's not even just a premium Snapchat or people too. Like there's also these uh, was it like the the FinDom communities also being affected by this? What's that? The financial domination where people like they have the pay piggies and they'll just pay them money because they, <laughs> I don't know, it's the most stupidest thing out there. It's like, the, like even worse than cuckoldry fetish, it's financial domination. Wait, is that like Catcher like, the Rise stuff where they pay a prostitute just to talk to them? They, they just they insult them and then they give them money and then they still insult them and they blackmail them. Like I, I saw this one thing. This is what Twitter's for. <laughs> what are they like, doing? Like, I saw this one girl, like, on uh, the internet, and me took it, and some guy gave, like, a hundred, he took a loan for $100,000 to give to this person, to, and, and he took a second job so he could be financially dominated. What? That's so stupid. It's like, you know, you know, cuckoldry, it's probably the most laziest fetish out there, except for this, because with <laughs> this, you get literally nothing. At least, you know, you're watching something. <laughs> You know, and I, and I think cuckoldry is not very good, but financial domination is like, it's a step above that. <laughs> yeah, it goes leaps and bounds ahead of cuckoldry. It puts cuckoldry to shame. Uh, what? I said it puts cuckoldry to shame. Yeah, it, it does. It's pretty sad. 
Yeah, well, to me, it's like, look, again, do whatever you want for your life. As long as you're not harming me, you know, live and let live. I'm, I'm all for that. Like, that's why I think all these things I was just saying should be legal. But at the same time, there needs to be a cultural, societal stigma against degeneracy. That's not even just that. They don't, like, apparently the financial domination people a lot of times, they don't even pay taxes. Well, they should. I, I mean, you're exchanging a service, I guess. I don't think they're, they're just getting straight up money gifts. You just have to pay taxes on that unless they're related. Yeah. Even that, it's only up to like a certain amount of money. I mean, it's just, oh, God. It's just like, I, my thing is, is, like I don't know if these things are just getting more attention because of the internet, but like, are these things becoming more of a thing like cuckoldry and you know, economic domination? And I don't think financial domination existed until relatively recently. Yeah, I haven't like, heard that one. Yeah, people get blackmailed beforehand, but this is like you wanting to get blackmailed by somebody by giving them money for for like literally nothing. I mean, I don't think they get pictures out of that. Wow, like, that's sad. It's the most stupidest fetish out there. Like, and then cuckoldry. I mean, it's always been. Probably been a thing for a while, but probably used to be a thing with like closeted like gay men or something <laughs> about a wife, and then like gonna watch someone else pleasure her. But like, I don't think it was nearly as big as it is today. Oh, did you, I love how that uh, our one uh, avid uh, viewer on YouTube um, said uh, something to us about. Um, you know, me getting a girlfriend in the grinder thing. And he was like, he's like, oh, I thought you played for the other team. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was funny. Um, thing from a conversation that we had the other night. Oh, <laughs> oh we always have interesting things in our conversation. I'll let you uh, start off then so we don't forget or anything. What, what, what do you got for us, boyo? Well, so I was on Facebook right now, and I got this advertisement, and it was for a uh, software. It was like a company that would, like, do your papers for you. And I remember the other night we had a, uh, you know, a guest. Oh, yeah. And apparently this is a problem at Penn State, especially among the uh, international students. Yeah. When they would pay people to do exams for them, just like, that's pretty crazy. And, like, they're openly advertising on Facebook. You know, like, there's so much stuff. Like, you can't advertise, you know, like, uh, what, like, guns or anything. You can't advertise, you know, Alex Jones or anything on Facebook. But you can advertise cheating for <laughs> med school degrees. Because this is what it was advertised. We'll do your paper, your med school papers for you. Wow. The house not approved on Facebook. Good question. They also approve Antifa's content, too, so... This is an advertisement. It wasn't even just like a Facebook page. This was an advertisement. So they're getting money from these people. Yeah. Because it's not it's not cheap either. I don't know why they keep saying it to me too because I don't go to college anymore. But like, you know, especially for med school students because that's really dangerous. You want your doctor to be some dude who paid like somebody to go and take exams for him and he was just like lazing about playing, you know, Red Dead or something or like <laughs> Fortnite, Minecraft, yeah. exactly. Roblox. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want that guy to be, you know, doing open heart surgery on you? No. Yeah, that's the thing that I have a problem with is that these people are cheating the system. They're getting the same degree as other people that work their butts off. They're going into the workplace and they're incompetent and have no clue what they're doing. 
and yet they still get some they get jobs i mean that's genuinely scary and it's not good for society to encourage cheating and give payment for cheating and have cheating be just an accepted thing well see this was like for a history major or you know like a like a arts major like an advertising yeah hey But, like, no, the, the difference is when you're doing an actual major that, like, is life or death, hey. like, nursing or med school. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, even if it's, like, an IST major, you know, it, it, I'm not a big fan of that, but it's not, like, it's a life or death thing. But when you have someone's like, a a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer, because, like, a lawyer, you know, if you have a crappy lawyer, then you're, you know, you might end up doing life in prison or, or get executed mm. if you have, like, just a terrible defense attorney. But, yeah. like, the stuff that I'm seeing over here, like, these advertisements, it's just terrible. Like, from med school, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, of course, they'd be the ones who want the most because it's hard. But, like, why are they allowed to advertise this on Facebook? You ban so much inane crap on Facebook. Yeah. But you allow this. You allow cheating. Your Facebook is contributing to the you know degradation of society by allowing these people to advertise you know it'd be one thing if they just post on there but they're showing up on your screen whether or not you subscribe to them yeah exactly yeah they, like, it, facebook endorses cheating like my the, my one friend was uh, you know he, he was telling us about um you know there's you know, pr- primarily at least from his point of view there's a lot of chinese students over here who go and pay people to go and take exams for them and do papers. Like, you know, it's one thing to have someone do a paper for you, but like to physically go inside and take an exam for you. And it's happening at Penn State. And I've heard from other universities that they've ha- they've been caught not even just doing an exam, but doing an entire class for somebody. Wow. You know, from start to finish, doing the exams, doing the coursework, going in class and attending. Well, these guys will be out, like, you know, doing whatever else they want to do, playing video games, drinking, drugs. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're not going to class. Like, and how do you really solve this problem? Well, the one way, and Penn State does this on quite a few tests, is when you take an exam, like for my uh, business class, you have to put your name and student ID number. And then at the end, they check your student ID to see if you look like you. Um, there's a comment I'll say to you all fair, but I can see a problem with this. <laughs> well, no, like that, that, that actually happened in Australia. They mentioned this. They well, did. <laughs> these people will do that. They will do that and they will take the course and they will either get a fake student ID printed. That looks like a real one. And I mean, you can have someone scan it, which they do at Penn state where they could, or if they look similar, you know, which they is... could go and take that, yeah, and just roll with it. Which like have all the other person's stuff. Yeah, and which... I mean, you know, if they really want, if they you know, if they really want to go all out, it would be that difficult <laughs> to do that. Like, I mean, uh, like they could go and just like who's really gonna go and check like every single student? Does this look exactly like this person? Yeah, like it'd be one thing if it's a girl versus a guy, but if it's like you know, you're both men of the same ethnicity. You know, same color hair, same color eyes. How are they gonna know? Yeah, I mean, usually they're unless gonna be... you're like, unless you like look really different. Like most people, they're just gonna glance at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's probably why they're getting away with it here. Um, but uh, I remember our friend was telling us that in China they would take the exams in South Korea, and 
they didn't take into account that there was a one hour time difference so that they the people in um Hong Kong. Yeah, in Hong Kong, we're also taking the same test as in South Korea. And the South Korean kids would send it over to the Hong Kong kids and they would get an hour early so they would get the answers. And I thought these people were smart. I mean, that's like the biggest, you know, blunder in the book. Well, they book should have here. used different questions. Yeah. For every country, I think, should have different, like every like general area should use, it should be like a one-use question for each like location. Or at least different test versions like they do here with some tests. We have an A, B, or C version. Well, they might have had all of that stuff like sent out. Yeah, I know. Because it was SAT tests. Yeah, oh, the same yeah, ones that we true. have every year. That's they true. probably had a bunch of them. They just like looked over the answers. And that's the other thing. I didn't realize the. Well, do they are they doing those SATs? To get, oh, to get into the colleges here. Oh, because I was wondering why are they taking SATs in China and South Korea? That's to get into the colleges here. But uh, yeah, and also the SATs are just crappy tests um, because they really don't say a lot about you, to be honest. Like, I do very good in school, well, like, and yeah, I did very bad on my SATs until the last one I had to do good on to get into here, but, you know. Well, like, with the SATs, I think it was, it's, they're basically trying to give you an IQ test, but they're yeah. not allowed to give you an IQ test for some reason. Yeah, but it's not really So they give you this I other test that's kind of like an IQ test, but not exactly, so they can get away with it. If they could just go straight up IQ tests, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. But, um, they want to be politically correct and give us the SATs, which, you know, if you study them enough, you can do a lot better on it. It's like the as, like with the military. Like, that was the easy. Like, I don't know if you ever took one of those, but I was in high school and I was like, oh, I'm going to take this. And, like, I was, I got like, it was like a 95 or something on it. What it was like up there out of 100. And then you have people out there who struggle to get 20. Like, wow. I think it was, it was like, I think the Marines or like the Army, it was like really low. It was like a 20 or like, it was like either like a 16 or like a 20 or 30 just to get in. And I got like a 95. And there's like, they're not hard questions on there, folks. I was like, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem with me with tests is that I take a long time to answer questions, especially if they're math related. You know, I'm slow more ways than one. Um, and so with a test question, like I will take a lot of time to do it. It takes me a long time. But some people can do it real, real quickly. I, I can't. I could probably get the same grade as some people. It's just I do it slower, um, which well, I can understand. I know they make accommodations for people with special needs. Oh, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, like, like just... Just the low standards and like the ASVAB too. I think they reused half the questions like in the <laughs> spring one and then they did in the fall. And I was just like, wow. how are people failing this? <laughs> yeah. I just took that because I'd rather take that useless test than like go to class that day. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. That. And that made me feel good about myself. But then my <laughs> SATs weren't as good. Like I wish I would have just like used, I wish I could have just used my ASVAB to get to college. <laughs> well, I think what they should do, if they're going to do IQ tests, I don't think they necessarily would need to give you an IQ score. What they could just tell you is which percentile you're in. You know, so people don't feel so offended or anything. Like, if we want to compromise, just say, oh, you're in this percentile. And, you know. Well, you can get an IQ test. Like, I, I know you this. can, but like, I'm saying I, I for school. I took one before. Like, an actual IQ test by the school. But uh, I, I think a lot of that, too. And, like, a, there's a lot of problems with those IQ tests. Because those gave yeah. me these most stupid questions. It was like, what is this instrument? And I was like. Like that was literally half of them. And I was like, "Geez, this is biased as heck." I, I don't, I don't listen to like 
classical music, you know, like th there's you some serious does. problems with this test. Right. And it was like a French horn and like, I don't know instruments that well, but you give me like, you know, reasoning and stuff. I'm better with that. Yeah. And that my scores kind of reflected some of that in the math ones. I was like, yeah, no. Well, that's the thing with IQ tests when people say, oh, I got this on IQ test. I'm like, well, how many did you take? Oh, I just took this one test. Well... There are a lot of different IQ tests out there. Well, those are there. fake ones. Most of those people who take those IQ tests are taking fake IQ tests. Yeah. Like, you get an actual real one, they're expensive. Like, this, I mean, the school wastes a bunch of money. <laughs> it, you cucked the school with a C? Yeah. That's... Yeah, I, I ended up, they, I fin-dommed them. <laughs> oh, you shifty boy -oh. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just, more of the story is I think SATs just are good for a certain type of person, but bad for another certain type of person. I, and that's the problem of education in general is that you're trying to, um, you know, standardize stuff for uh, individuals. You're trying to collectivize individuals, whereas everybody learns differently. Everybody thinks things differently. Everybody operates differently at different speeds. And you're trying to standardize uh, teaching and that's part of the problem I think we have is literally just the standardization of teaching methods and test taking well, they methods. Should do it. Well here's the thing too it should depend on your major because like my SAT sure. scores weren't the best. I mean they weren't bad but they weren't like you know genius level but Same. I was like you know within the top 10 and like top just between like 10 and like 5% of my uh, like with my GPA it was like the second highest honor and it, I didn't even really, like, it wasn't even that difficult, honestly. For me, it was. <laughs> like, I mean, you like, it, it would be, like, different living on campus versus, like, off campus. But honestly, I think it would have been harder living off campus. But, like, what? maybe my major was just easy or something. But teachers over here just didn't care. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I've taken some hard classes before. Like, believe me. Yeah, same. But, like, like maybe, I mean, if I was, like, an engineer, done a lot like they should go and do it like you know if you don't get this score in math you can't do an engineering major right like maybe like just use that and well, then like i don't know i think another problem too is you'll keep switching majors and you kind of like put a damper on that yeah yeah there's somebody we know that's done a bit of that um who will well, name you need to like like i understand you might not know what you want to do when you first come in but like like me you know, i think you should probably find that out beforehand like that needs to be taken care of before you start going to college because the only reason the, and the college likes it when they encourage you to change your major because they can make money off it exactly yep that's why they love it and i i like i i don't like i think people yeah definitely need to figure their you know get their stuff together but like, yeah, you shouldn't be like your third year in the college and just change it or, or or have a stupid degree. Like if it ends in studies, don't major in it. Okay. It's a waste of time and money and nobody's going to hire you. Don't do stupid majors. Pick something. If your degree that ends with a BA. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my, I, why do I always have to be on the defense of my major? Because my major is a great major. People need me and hire me. They want me badly. Every public company needs advertising. They need good advertising. So they hire Misa. Gavin ran a robot to do the same thing that you're doing in like five years. That's, <laughs> see, this is what I do worry about is that rope. See, people are like, oh, robots aren't going to take over, um, you know, certain jobs. I'm like, 
Yeah, they will. Let's look at uh, advertising. What they a robot will do is they will take a slogan. Let's say um, they will take um, a political slogan like uh, "Make the United States of America a better place in the world." And they will test that slogan. Make America great again. Yeah, th that's what I'm getting to. They're going to th take that slogan, and they're going to take a bunch of bots. They're going to send it out to a bunch of different people, A, B, test it, see how people react. Then they're going to modify to make America a better place. A, B, test that. Make America great. A, B, test that. Make America great again. Oh, that's the best one. And then there's your slogan. So you're probably not going to need me eventually but i am still a creative element and creativity is very difficult uh for ai to do right now that'll happen in our lifetimes but probably around like 2040 or 2050 so i'll have my job for a while and what so i'll be fine and i'll be building skills that'll be useful in other things which is really why i'm in this major is because i i honestly i want to be an entrepreneur is that sign idealistic well, see, but maybe the, but the, i need the more of your stories you should start smoking now so you don't <laughs> like lose your job what <laughs> you, so you don't want to live pat like you know i don't want like useless and get on the street you know you gotta start smoking now <laughs> or drinking start I smoking you, I and thought... then you'll you know you might not get to see that 2040. <laughs> i thought you said that smoking was build testosterone is good for it you it does like, you know, testosterone's dangerous. It's a good dangerous. Oh, right? it, oh, on the edge, it's freedom. Oh, is it toxic masculinity? Is that what you're calling it now? <laughs> it's toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate cigarettes. It is literally toxic masculinity. But, no, I, I, yeah, I, I just... I don't know. No, this this my, is a scary my, new world out there. No, it is, but my point is, is I, that I, the... I the, into my like old age because what's gonna happen like i already see what's going on with, like youtube and facebook and twitter right yeah. now like can you imagine just like 40 years from now it's gonna be like you think the wrong thoughts and then you're like banned from any sort of like smart technology oh yeah that's gonna happen uh you uh, know you go and like do something you say something mean on twitter and then you're banned from using your tesla car like it just won't, won't automatically drive you yeah, and I like, think yeah, that's gonna be the future. You know, you're gonna be like evicted from your house because you said something mean on the internet once. Yeah. Well, see, and this is a thing that like it's not gonna happen like you know every day to millions of people, but it's gonna be something that happens like to a Milo or to a Crowder or to a Gavin, where they're gonna not only ban them on Twitter and Facebook, but they're gonna like shut down their bank accounts, shut down their access to so many things, their car, their home, that it'll be like, it'll start with somebody crazy like Alex Jones and they'll slowly wean down to people that are more accepted and they'll become normalized. You know, they'll, they'll do it on a crazy because they know they can get away with it. People won't freak out as much. But then they'll start doing it to normal people, and it's only going to get worse. Um, and that's why, you know, I like my goal in life is to really um, form, or should I say system, as Scottons would say, my system in life is to build as much skills as possible and get a heck of a lot of money. Because when you have a lot of money, like, like Trump money, Mon you have independence you know wealth is independent you can do whatever you want and get away with like a lot of stuff and have your own life and privacy intact it's a beautiful until thing. they take your bank account because yeah. you said something mean once and you didn't read the terms of service <laughs> yeah well this is what this is why mattresses will still be a thing um you know I mean, that's you have a lot of mattresses for that. Oh, boy. And then, oh. boom, like the mattress company will go and take them too. Because... 
Yeah, you'll get you'll get audited. Like crazy system. Yeah, you'll get audited by the mattress company. Um, yeah, like I would just have. Well, if you have a mansion, you have plenty of mattresses for this stuff. But you know, my point is, is that the mansion, the bank will just take it over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be a crazy future. That's all I'm gonna say. It's you know, I think this is the one thing that like Orwell didn't predict, and then other people didn't predict is that, you know, our government in America, at least is not going to become some authoritarian, you know, Fourth Reich, you know, one day. It's very decentralized, and there are many checks and powers put in place. It's never going to go crazy with their power, or too crazy, I should say. But private companies, mega corporations, uh, especially like Silicon Valley, are going to have a lot... They already have a lot of power, but they're going to get insanely more power because the government is so stupid and slow to react that they're going to be far left behind. It's going to be a bunch of boomers or, you know, other, you know, whatever generation is going to be the old generation uh, in the future, and they won't know what to do about it. And they're going to be slow and lazy, stupid, and lobbied to not do anything about it. Well, I think eventually we'll get to that point where it becomes like, you know, like a Fourth Reich sort of scenario, but it's going to be like, Right now, it's going to start with this stuff, and it's going to get more and more. And they're going to start putting these like hate speech laws into law in the United States. And then, like, see, look at what's going on with China. Like, they have that social credit system. Yeah, they're basically freaky. having the free market version of that right now in the United States. Yeah, Twitter but we don't get to see that. We don't get to see your credit scores on there. Yeah, you just know the really bad people it's being like tested with the really, you know, the the loudest people. And then it's going to come to everybody. And then it's going to be like, oh, you know, you have these points over here. You know, you're a good Facebook user. And then it's going to be shared on every site. And then eventually it's going to be put into, you know, the law. And, you know, there's not much we can do about it at that point. Well, Twitter already does that with the verification checkmark. It is a class... Um a uh, protected class on Twitter, those with verified check marks. They took it away from Milo, even though he didn't violate anything. They would take away your check mark that just says, This is the real Milo. And they took it away from him because that is a special class of people. The people that Twitter likes more are these check, you know, uh, verified, uh, you know, check mark users. Um, and speaking of hate speech, uh, one of the things, the exclusive I was going to talk about was uh, in the hub here, I did a hate speech is free speech change my mind table, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> when I was setting it up all alone, I was like kind of like shaking a little scared. I'm like, oh my God, somebody's going to kill me for this. Uh, you know, because people on this campus are nuts in some fractions, but not UC Berkeley nuts or Antifa nuts, but they're nuts. There are some nuts here. And I, I, in my position, hate speech is free speech. It's a legal precedent. There's no definition of hate speech in America. The Supreme Court has unanimously always said that hate speech is protected. And yet, when I was sitting there, I got one guy, a few guys that agree with me, but a heck of a lot of dirty looks. Oh, my God. So many snickers and, uh, ooh, ooh, this Nazi here. Look at this Nazi. And obviously, I'm not a Nazi, especially if they knew a thing or two about um, some of my other practices. They would know I am far it from... It was so sweet-filled, they can't even go up to you. I know. I think that's what happened. I first thought, oh, it must be because it's finals week. You know, it maybe people just don't have the time to debate me and have a discussion. I think they are so filled with soy, so beta, that they were too scared to debate me. In fact... One guy, uh, this, this I, I was just sitting there and I see this like ginger guy just turn around and flip me the middle finger, and I, I call him out for it because I, look, I, I, you know, crowd. I went from change my mind the crowd to confront in like a second there. I'm like, 
no, I'm not going to put up with that. I got I got to call cowards out when I see them. So I said, hey, come back here. Come on. Have a debate. Let's have a productive conversation. Come on. And he just kept walking. You know, didn't care. Uh-huh. And I didn't see him come out of the Panda Express. He kind of just, like, disappeared. Like, went out the back exit or the fire escape. Couldn't even walk past me again before getting triggered. Yeah, they'll probably write an article about that on their, like, Tumblr account and then be done with it. Oh, we gotta Go find to, like, that. Like, an ant, like, a Trump punching bag or, like, beanie bag pillow because they're too afraid to go and punch things. <laughs> they'll just, like, slap it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even see them even slapping at the... Pro- I know they can do slaps. That's a very beta thing, right? A slap. Like, whoosh. Not even a they'll hard They'll cry slap. after it, too, to go in because they had to expose their masculine side in doing violence. Yeah, it's toxic masculinity. They start to apologize to, like, the feminist gods. Um, but, yeah, I did have a conversation with somebody at the end that, like, agreed with my statement but disagreed on certain stuff, and he was... I kind of cucked out on hate speech where he said, oh, I think hate speech is bad. And I'm like, yeah, well, depends how you define it. That's the whole point of what I'm trying to say. And then he said, like, oh, I've seen Crowder's videos where he does, like, rape culture is the myth. And I think stuff like that's really triggering. And that's, you know, not a good thing to do. And I'm like, you know, that's just being a bit silly because why is that, why is that triggering to people? He's not saying rape is good. He it's agrees. A different, it's a different opinion. Exactly. He says rape is they bad. They don't like to think that people who with other opinions exist. Yeah. Because it makes them look bad. Yeah, they get so... I noticed this when I talk to, like, radical leftists or even just moderate leftists. Like, you'll just say something like, um, yeah, I think we should build a wall. And they'll, like, look at you, like, with horror. Like, oh, this this Nazi, this monster. Like, and they start shaking and they're like, oh. It's like... You do realize there are people like half the country with a different opinion than you. You, you know, yeah, they not... try to stab you with a set of keys. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that was a, that was a doozy one. Or, or, or they threatened to beat up uh, Mikey. I mean, Jesus. Oh, I, yeah, geez, they need you know that next gen company. That's a terrible place to be. Oh yeah, there's somebody that that um I wouldn't mind the IRS auditing, <laughs> seeing what's really going on there. Like Penn State needs to audit them. They've been like using signing up for rooms under false pretenses. Yep. Like, how are you late? How are they able to do that? But yeah. you know, if you guys did the same thing, that wouldn't be allowed. Oh, we'd be nailed to a cross. We'd be crucified. Yeah, the college Republicans had like you know they signed up like someone else to come to a room. They didn't say it was the college Republicans doing it. They would not allow that. Oh yeah. No way, no hell. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, so that happened. Nothing really interesting happened, which kind of disappointed me, except the things I mentioned. But um, we're going to try it again next semester and do some more and see how people react. Yes, for that tea commercial over there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was at a um, uh, thing in uh my pr class where a guest speaker came and played a, a consent video and it was the exact same ad as that but like five minute version oh god so like i mean that's not an entirely appropriate analogy you know usually people i think we don't have tea shops over here you can't go to like starbucks and ask for a cup of tea <laughs> you know?
I mean, I guess you probably could, but you need their Snapchat accounts yeah. or their, whatever they do, the Venmo. I was just about to but say. You, kind of looked down upon over here. I was about to say, you can't audit tea makers. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can. You could, you could always audit tea makers. That's why I said, oh, wait. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, in that class, they were also talking to us about, they're like, your clubs and organizations um, should never uh, advertise, al um, you, know, you know, doing parties with alcohol unless you specify it's for only people over 21. And I, I immediately thought some clubs have done that. Like, every single, like, I've been to a bunch of clubs and, like, it goes on whether they know it or not. Like, yeah. Well, they, they just, I guess it's a legal thing. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was uh, uh, the um, what was I thinking? They they told me something that I didn't know about, which is that like if you get into some sort of major incident off campus, like but like, but close to the area, they will report it to Penn State. Like if you get into some like let's say um, you get caught for uh, giving alcohol to minors, they'll tell that to Penn State, even though you're off campus. Oh yeah, I imagine they would do that. Like. I mean, I don't think that's a problem with these since you're, like, more straight edge and a razor. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what were you, what was that topic you were uh, thinking about, mister? Um, there are two actually topics I just noticed I have left. Uh, I'll do the quick one first, which is there's this uh, YouTube. I want to go on record and say this because I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. There's this newer YouTube channel called Dweck which is a new right-wing comedy show by Victor Dweck and Tom Leopard. Um, and they, they've done some skits. Like, they've uploaded, like, 10 videos. There are a bunch of skits. One's, like, of a fireman who, like, saved this guy from a burning building. And then the news anchor, um, like, starts, like, saying, oh, good job in saving him. He's like, yeah, um, I saved a, uh, you know, a Mexican family. Uh, from their fire, and we were all happy and safe. And he goes, they're Guatemalan. And then at, from there, like, he go, he starts going into, like, his Facebook history. And he's like, this is this you wearing a MAGA hat? And basically, you know, the video shows, like, all these, like, so typical, like, leftists where they're, like, basically doxing this guy, like, live on air. And basically, like, get him fired at the end. Um, so doing, doing skits like that. They had Gilbert Godfrey in one of them. Um, where he was, like, a PR executive saying that we need no more kneeling in the NFL. Um, but the Tom <laughs> Leopard guy was a famous writer on Seinfeld, Cheers, and Will and Grace and wrote some of their famous episodes. So they have some like, you know, A-list like person behind this, but they're actually, they, they released a trailer the other day for an actual, it looks like a TV show they're doing. It said Dweck coming to TV in 2019. So we might get some right wing comedy on actual TV now. Um, cause yeah, they, last time they had that, they got pulled from adult swim. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they're framing this is that like they show all these celebrities like saying F Trump or, you know, all these like people on these, uh, late night shows, just like bashing Trump. And it's like, well, what if you had a right wing comedy and that's what this is. But, um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd watch it. Like what did they say? What network they were going to be on? They said nothing other than coming to television in 2019. It's really vague. I mean, I guess they also have the, uh, what's that one with the Home Improvement dude in it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Tim Allen's show. Um, uh, why was his name slipping? Um, crap. Uh, Last Man Standing. Yeah, I mean, I guess they have that, and that's, you know, relatively right one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, what was that? Oh, no. I think they should get like a, I think Crowder should get like a TV channel. I think that'd be helpful. Absolutely. Like, or at least on a network. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I think this Dweck, though, I think they're going to make it big. Like, I've seen some spark of talent. I've seen some creativity. I see some potential in these videos where it could definitely be something big. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye out it, and I, I, I eye on it. And I wanted to bring it up because not enough people are talking about it. But their videos have gone semi-viral, some of them, because they were actually funny. And they're going to you know, go after Antifa, all kinds of stuff they're showing in this trailer. So it be interesting to follow that. But to segue off of that, um, I, I was telling you about this last night. I wanted to bring this up. But Milo Yiannopoulos, who I've been saying a lot today, um, he did these two live streams where he was addressing like all the issues with his touring and uh, these issues that he's been having. And he's basically uh, talking about his his big comeback for 2019. For those who don't know, like this guy was like on the top of the world, like ultra famous in the right wing circles. And he appeared on Bill Maher. And this guy got really famous really quickly and then just disappeared after they brought up these false allegations against him and basically smeared him as a pedophile sympathizer, even though he was a victim of pedophilia. Um, and just totally like shut him off of Twitter Um Every social media like outlet, every payment says like all kinds of stuff. He's on, he's on, still on Instagram, and Facebook, amazingly. But they've like he couldn't do campus speak uh, speeches anymore because every campus would cancel his speeches or the security fees would be too high or all, just so many crazy things would happen. Um, and so he's addressing that he's basically going to come back in 2019 with a late night style show with commentary, skits, costumes, um, you know, characters. And even he said singing and more stuff. Um, it sounds like he's going to be doing that in locations because he said there are going to be tickets. Um, so I think that's his way of getting around the censorship on campuses. And he's going to be putting it up on YouTube for free. Because he did this podcast last year that really alienated a lot of his fan base because it was all behind a paywall. And there weren't many subscribers. And he really didn't like doing it. Um, and he's been trying to publish a book about um, Harvey Weinstein and the pedophilia in Hollywood, but that's been taking a long time because there's a lot of legalities involved. Um, but he, this this live stream was genuinely interesting, though, to see the behind the scenes of like the right wing sort of move, cultural movement. Because he was talking about like how he was basically broke at one point, where he had the you know he wasn't doing the podcast anymore. He was just doing it on his iPhone, and he eventually stopped. Um, he was cutting a lot of his employees and almost had to start cutting like key people that he loved. He couldn't pay for his doctor bills. And then like when he was um, uh, this one guy, this like heir to like some prince or something said, hey, I'll write you a check for a lot of money. They'll save your company and all that. And he said, all right, great. And, you know, they were at like some like, you know, dinner and they went to their hotel rooms. And then the next morning when he was going to write the check, um, he had died of a drug overdose. And, like, talk about the worst of luck. And so Milo was, like, really depressed at that point. Um, and he also and he got married and got definitely much happier uh, to a black husband, I might add. Um, <laughs> but um, interestingly, though, is that he exposed, like, a lot of these, like, interesting elements of the culture right now. Where he talked about, like, the walk-away guy, uh, Brandon Stryka. Um, he, he said, yeah, like, what, what was that? What was that? What happened with the brand? What happened with the walk away movement? What's up with that? Well, Milo said that it's been pretty much, you know, hasn't gotten any traction because it's trying to appeal to all minorities. When if you would, you know, just specifically target blacks, Hispanics, or gays or something, you'd have much more success, which makes sense from a marketing perspective, because uh, that's what we're taught in like ad class. Um, but he said 
it's a little little suspicious with this guy because he said he has no opinion on him, but he said that this is a New York hairdresser that a day after his video went viral, he registered a bunch of trademarks, got a bunch of hats, got a bunch of shirts, got this whole like campaign, you know, totally legally like set up. When from personal experience, Milo said like the press will have there'll be some million press inquiries on you that you're spending days like you know dealing with the media before even thinking about this. Either he's very 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 savvy and has some very very savvy friends, or as Milo said, there's a lot of pre-planned or pre-funded stuff going on here. Like it's a little like I don't want to go as far as say it's controlled opposition, but it's a little like. When What's he really doing? Like, I mean, it's just it's just a walk away movement. I've been banned from Facebook or something. It was one of the social media, probably. Twitter. They still are on Facebook, but they were banned for like a day. But what Milo was saying was like, like, because doing trademarks is a bit of an effort. Like, it's not something you just quickly, easily do and get all these hats made quickly and easily. But he did like a day after, like his video went viral, which is a bit odd. Yeah, um, he may have been planning this for a while. You don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I. Don't- anything about this guy either but because he i don't really like I just he's a hairdresser with, like, downplaying people that i don't know much about yeah Although, do you hear what like happened with that um who is that one uh tran tranny person the blair white really oh something happened with her yeah i think that she like disavowed the conservative movement i, I heard rumors about uh, that why I can't stand the fake conservatives out here, and then she just like pulled a Kanye. Well, she did. She list any names? Uh, no. Interesting. I'm gonna look into that. Cause, well, that was like what Milo was talking about with um, uh, Jordan Peterson. The right has really liked this guy, and I don't like him anymore. After I saw a piece that Milo wrote and a video by Owen Benjamin. I don't like Jordan Peterson. I lost all respect for him. I think he's a big fraud because this I never is, cared about. I mean, he he seemed like he was useful for a little bit, but like he just started getting weird and like punching to the right. Exactly. I, I generally don't like to do that. You know, unless you're like talking about like you know make like down like making fun of, like the you know George Bush or something. I don't care if you do that, but like just attacking like everyone on the right. Like I won't go and make fun of Crowder. I mean, I'll say some things about, like, uh, who was it? Ben Shapiro, but that's only because he attacks other people on the right, like and Milo. He's a, yeah, he's an, and he's a never-Trumper. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing even Milo said when he before he said all this. He's like, he's like, I, I know everything about everyone, but I've kept quiet because these people are on our side, they're helping us, and I don't like punching to the right. But there comes a point when... You know, the lack of authenticity is so glaring and everybody's afraid to go after them that you have to call it out. And I know what he means by that. I I really understand that because, like, with Peterson, everybody hailed this guy as, like, a god. Like, oh, my God, he's the savior of Western civilization. And I'm like...
Well, that was the reason I never got on the Jordan Pearson bandwagon. Like, I always said, yeah, I kind of like him, but he's a bit odd. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan. I was never really a fan of him. I was just like, yeah, he's kind of well, useful. Well, the only thing where he, like, blew up was when he, like, didn't want to call someone who was... He didn't want to go and use their proper pronoun or something or said he won. Yeah. But then if they asked him, he said he was. So I was like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, it's not even that controversial out there. Like, I mean... Now, I guess nowadays, now Canada is. probably is because it's a legal thing, but yeah. like, it's really like one of the most milk toast sort of issues out there. Exactly. It's like Ben Shapiro level of offensive. Yeah, I know. And it's like, and, and, and when the thing with Peterson is like, I, I back this up from personal experience. Because uh, Owen Benjamin in his expose video said that, that Peterson like gouges people for ticket prices. You know, he will charge, he will make like $200,000 from like one speaking event. Whereas like Owen will make like, you know, a couple thousand on a good day because he charges little for tickets. But Peter, like he'll charge like 20 bucks a ticket, which is kind of cheap, you know, for Owen. And I, I think that's very fair. But let's say, let's say even a hundred. Peterson charges like 200, 300, and then you got to pay an extra just to shake his hand, and he's making out like a bandit with this, and, um, you know, because of the, probably because of some of the, you know, people he's doing with, but then he goes, when he tries to go on Dr. Oz, and he's in a test screening, uh, to make it past their test screening, he tweets out these Kavanaugh tweets where he goes, Kavanaugh should accept his nomination and then step down. What? That upsets me. I know because, and this is what Milo said that when push comes to shove, Peterson will f um, fold. You know, he really changes his viewpoint. He doesn't stand for anything. On some like this is the guy that made his career on standing up against the mob, standing up against the crazy feminists, standing up for what you believe in. But when it comes to Kavanaugh, hashtag believe all women. Let's you know, oh, let's let him win. I mean, well, I just don't get that. And he also talked about how Jordan uh, Joe Rogan uh, has been playing things a little safe recently um, in his interviews. Like he used to have Gavin on, Milo, Alex Jones. Um, the the edgiest thing he did recently was Elon Musk, and Elon Musk is just a you know a really cool nerd. But you know Joe Rogan has stopped having controversial, interesting guests on. You know he'll have Peterson on, but it's like yeah. oh okay. Um, and then of course the last thing I'll mention is that Milo also went to this thing about how the Australian tour group he was working with was basically. They, they first of all, the venue pulls him and says, oh, we're not going to have you here anymore. And then they start extorting him. He showed the text where they're basically like threatening him with legal action, going to the media, not giving him his money back, suing him, all kinds of like constant text. I mean, it's crazy out there. Just the amount of censorship and trying to you know hold these people back because they know they're influential. You know, it's it's really something that like I found those live streams like oddly fascinating. Even though it's just him talking about his life and what he's been through, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's just some crazy stuff with all that. Like I, I have to go and watch. It. I haven't seen the videos he sent me yet. It's just been so busy. But like, yeah, um, like like did he hear what's been going on with that song? Like uh, it's cold outside. Yeah, they bring that up every Christmas for, like, the past, like, two years. Like, that started around, like, 2015, where they were like, oh, it's a rape song. And so they the feminists made this, like, cringy, like, um, you know, uh, PC version where it was, like, I forget. I'll have to send it to you. It's, like, the wimpiest thing in the world. 
And for the record, well, the thing it, is, like, if you actually look, like understanding the context around that, like one, yes. the historical context of just being the nineteen, you know, fifties or sixties, and two, from the actual movie that it was part of. Well, yeah, like, the, it was. It was like a song that some guy wrote for his wife. It wasn't about him like date raping somebody. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's describing wooing a woman, saying, you know, it's like when your girlfriend wants to leave and you're like, no, stay here. It, it's cold outside. Stay here with me. We'll have some fun. You know, it's 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 flirting. It's what guys do, and girls like it. Well, yeah, like it was just like a kind of a flirty duet. Like, you know, this was back in the 50s in a time where you couldn't just have a woman, an unmarried woman, stay with someone who's, you know, not a relative of hers, like uh, who's male. Like, this was actually a sex-positive feminist song rallying against the, uh, you know, the, the, the social norms of the time, if you if you want to use that interpretation. I mean, yeah. everyone else is just a, it's, it's a normal song, but, like, why are the feminists flipping out over it? Like, oh, you know, he's putting, you know, pills in the drink. No, no. It was, like, if anything, it was alcohol, and that was, you know, they didn't even have pills like that, like, in mass use back then. Wasn't like the eighties when Quaaludes and all that other junk was everywhere. This this was this, this is was far... about like if you watch a movie, it's yeah. got a completely different context. Like, is... It's just so annoying. And this like Ohio radio station decided to go and ban it. What? Wait, do we yeah, have like, it? Do we news. have this song? <laughs> you had to you had to play that <laughs> at the end. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah, pills weren't around then, because this is far before Bill Cosby's time. Um <laughs> so you know. I mean, it's just silly. Well, then I heard people getting offended over like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because it's, they they think it's like they think he's marginalized. It's like promoting bullying or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. like the gay community says like the red nose is supposed to represent like Rudolph being the gay reindeer. What? And they're getting offended over like it is so ridiculous. Like every single song is now considered offensive to people. Oh my god. Like, you know, there's really nothing that's not going to offend some group anymore. Like, even colors, you know, especially colors, you know. Oh, this is a nice, uh, nice, you know, gray, I don't know, sheet. <laughs> oh, you know, that's, uh, you know, the Ku Klux Klan wore sheets. You know, that's offensive. You know, gray looks like white, and white, you know, white offends me. Yeah, it looks and, like, like the Klan. It's just so ridiculous these days. It's just like, can we just be calm and try to be normal get along with each other like and that's the thing like i was listening to the stream again that, that's like half the stuff i did it's like i'll be like driving like and i always drive I'm driving <laughs> hours and hours i need an oil change tomorrow but i was driving i was listening to it and like they're talking about like you know just some of the politics and it's like yeah you know they, they a lot of people think that there's going to be a major conflict soon because people are so alienated from each other like especially in the cities and you know versus the country like just little things offend people like you drive a car a regular <laughs> car that will offend people because like, oh you know that's bad for the environment or you know if you're buster other people make fun of you too and then if it's just so crazy you know you go to college that offense when you don't go to college they think that you know they're elitist and they're like oh you know you're uneducated it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, the like, culture wars are bubbling up. I don't think there's going to be any major conflict, though. I mean, this has well, been... I don't, I, I don't know. I, if things keep going the way they are, I think, you know, another 10, 20 years, there's going to be some sort of issue. Right now, when the economy is well, good, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem. But yeah. when 
Because, you know, if people have money, that kind of shields them yeah. from things. If they have a job, you know, that's what they care about. Exactly. But, you know, especially with, and that's what they're mentioning, like, especially with the tech revolution, once, you know, robots start taking people's jobs, you're going to have oh. a bunch of unemployed people who hate everyone else. You know, they like, then they have time because they don't have to worry about jobs. They don't got one anyways. And that's, that's, that's where you're going to start point. seeing problems. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because, yeah, you're going to become more lazy without these robots. And what are you going to do for fun? Oh, I'm bored now because I'll just start some uh, street uh, scruffles with people. You know, it's... Well, not even necessarily like that. It'll be like, you know, once you don't have a job, what else do you have to lose? And a lot of these people aren't having families now, so it's not like they have to worry about their wife and kids. When you have nothing to lose, you know, risking it all isn't as much of a thing. And that's, exactly. I think, a, a major problem. Yeah, and, exactly. and especially with our generation, because a lot of them, you know, they don't really have jobs, like, not not like real jobs. They don't have families. And if they do have families, a lot of them don't have kids. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a, an issue that's going to be bubbling up. Am I going to be yeah, a part of that issue uh, based on my um, record so far? Nah, well, I don't know. I can see it. <laughs> you can see it. Oh, no. Well, like you know, you'll be on the you'll be on the right side of history. <laughs> oh my God, you're using that leftist you know phrase. Don't well, be I mean, on... literally the right side. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Did you? Don't you hate when people say that too? Oh, oh I, I absolutely hate that. I, I used it ironically. <laughs> I know you were, but uh, it's, it's, it's like. Just like the concept that there's a right and wrong in history, like for everything. Yeah. I mean, there is an objective right and wrong, but like the way they make it is like basically the person that's, you know, viewed historically as right is the one that wins. Exactly. Maybe like 2,000 years later, you can give a more objective answer of it, but it's generally who wins. Like that's the one thing Call of Duty taught me. <laughs> The victors write the history books. That's a Napoleon quote, I think. Well, I'm saying, why did you learn this in Call of Duty? It was like MW2 and the guy, like, he was at the ending and he kind of does whatever he does. I forget what happened. He's like, you know, the the victor writes the history books and then he, like, shoots you or something. I don't remember. Oh, my God. It's been a while. But it's, it's a very true thing because, you know, if you win, you can go and say, oh, these, like, Either way, like, you know, it, t the world would be totally different because, I mean, nowadays we, we do that a little bit differently, but that's because the left is winning, you know, mm. and then they can reinterpret the past, too. So whoever's currently running, winning will, you know, determine what history views it as. Yeah. Because, like, you know, they, they look at, like, you know, discovering America for the Europeans. You know, for the longest time, that was a good thing. Nowadays, it's like, oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's racist. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you really don't like America that much, move to another country, you know, move back to Europe. Yeah. Oh. If you hate America so much. Yeah, move to Sweden. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, what happened in the past, there's a lot of things done, you know, that were wrong and, and whatnot, but, you know, people... We've evolved. They, they kind of had to do what they did, and I'm thankful that we have America as a country right now, even though yeah. there was some bad times. Yeah. Better than most countries. And like I was telling people, I might change my mind table uh, or person that came up. You know, imagine though, in those times, if we had hate speech, um, if we didn't have the First Amendment and let's say the Jim Crow era, you would ha it would be hate speech to criticize white people. You know, this is why oh, yeah, I mean, it's so great. Up if they did back then, though. I mean, there's a difference between de facto and de jure. 
Well, well, my point is that it's the one reason this country is so great is because we were built on principles that have survived through all this and have created such a great country and have evolved the country. You know, we've had some bad things, but we were built on some great things that, you know, lasted for hundreds of years now and hopefully will continue to last. They are, you know, timeless. Race um, guard rights. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more Real News.